Welcome back, Richard. Today we are going to deal with a an emotion, an issue that, um, my goodness, has been a a major um, issue that we've seen in, in our clinic and with with patients and just with people in our families. Don't to mention um, a lot in the in recent. We're very that one. Right? right, just slide that one real quick. And friends and family. That's right, uh, but we're going to talk about anger today. Right. Yeah, we've talked about emotions before. We talked about emotions and feelings, and um, but there seems to be a lot of anger going around these days. I mean, there's uh, there's this undercurrent of anger, right. and um, I thought, well, let's take another look at, at this emotion in particular. Yeah. Um, and so we found a definition of anger, and I think there's a couple of key points that we want to make. One is anger is 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 one of those emotional responses we have. Mm-hmm. The event can be an external event that something's happening in our environment, or it can be an internal feeling that we have, right. uh, pain or anxiety or anguish or loneliness. Um, and so it, it's our emotional response to some event, but it's usually an event that we judge to be a threat mm-hmm. or a violation or an injustice. Right. Um, we, we tend to look at it that way. And anger is associated with the fight or flight response. Right. So anger is one of those emotions that we have um, we've hung on to over time because it produces um, arousal mm-hmm. that becomes part of the fight or flight response. Well, and in that sense, anger in, anger is not just an emotional response, but it's also an adaptive response. It, you know, it, right. it, there's a lot of you know from an evolutionary perspective, there was a lot of usefulness for it because it protects us from danger and it helps helps us, um, you know, sort of, as you said, raises that arousal, raises that mm-hmm. sense of awareness, that um, conscientiousness of what's going on around you mm-hmm. so that you can defend yourself if you need to, or you can get to safety if you need to. That's right. All these emotions that we have, and we've said this in previous podcasts, they, they're part of us for a reason, right? Anger. These emotions have some adaptive um, utility. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing we know about anger is that when we talk about anger, we're talking about a range of feelings that it, everything from um, a little irritability or an, a, a minor annoyance, you know, mm-hmm. the, the traffic light isn't changing quickly enough to, to a full-fledged rage response, you know, right. where we're really, really angry. And so we have, it's an emotional response. It's an adaptive response. There's a range of anger from mild to severe. And finally, Anger is something that we learn. Um, our, our anger response is learned, right. and we usually learn it in our family of origin. Right. And as we were preparing for this, you made, you made an excellent point. We, can, we learn how to manage our anger by watching others. We model right. the behavior of others, and we internalize it. And sometimes we watch positive examples. Mm-hmm. This is how my uncle would, would manage his anger. If something if he, if he had an annoyance or a problem and I would watch him deal with that in a certain way. On the other hand, we learn from negative examples, right? I never want to do that. Right. I I don't ever want to react that way. So we learn from both positive exemplars and negative exemplars. So it's an emotional response, adaptive response, a range of responses. And it's something that we learned usually in our family of origin. Right. And and that learning component is oftentimes, as you suggested, in the way that we respond to things, right. how, we, how we manage or respond or behave when we're angry. Right. Uh, but we also, you know, to some extent, we learn what we what makes us angry, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, people become really agitated over very minor things. And, and if you, you know, sometimes digging around in the, in, in the past a little bit, you can see where some of that comes from. Right. Um, so, you know, it, we learn what we, what makes us angry, but we also learn the way that we, um, manage it. And, and, and there's a variety of ways that we do manage anger. And one of course is the, is by expressing it sort of outwardly. Right. Um, and so we may be, you know, sometimes people who are angry become aggressive and they, they will right. verbally or physically assault or, or, you know, aggress someone else, Mm-hmm. Um, because out of anger, right? And um, another way is, and, and sometimes this is seen as a little maybe more adaptive, right. but being, being assertive, 
Yeah. Um, you know, when you when we look at some of our our scales, our, our tests that we use to to assess people's uh, personality or just temperament and, and things like that, you know, they may score high on the on the anger scale and and um, and maybe even the aggression scale. And you think, wow, that person never reports any anger or any aggression, but they're very assertive. They're right. very, um, you know, they, they are outspoken and they express themselves, you know, very confidently and, um, you know, they don't shy back, but back away from any type of, you know, confrontation, you know, thinking about like the business world and things like that. Um, right. So, so sometimes anger expresses itself positively, um, you know, mm-hmm. without any intent for harm, but as through assertion. That's right. Yeah. When we, when we talk about our anger response, you can either express it or you can suppress it, right. or you can calm it. There are three large categories, expression, suppression, and calming. Right. And these two A words, you can express your anger either aggressively, mm-hmm. or you can do it assertively. And you tend, to, you tend to express your anger assertively. You manage it, and you communicate your anger without doing any harm. Okay, mm-hmm. it's, you're, going to, you're going to feel anger. It's how you express the anger. And you can right. either do it aggressively or assertively. And right. we would encourage people to learn how to do it assertively. Right. Because the other alternative is you suppress your anger. And that's usually not good. Okay. Uh, but again, there's a positive and a negative way to do it. There was a program in elementary schools years ago that, in fact, you were involved in that pro- that stop and think mm-hmm. program. You were, you were there then, right? When, right. Absolutely. Yeah, when the school psych program. And in suppressing anger, you can use a stop and think approach where you convert your anger into something positive. So you pause, you, you, you get your anger under control and you convert it. Yeah. Um, but if you suppress it and if you only suppress it, right, then it turns inward and then it can do damage because then you're going to convert it into something more negative. Right. And oftentimes that's when one turns it onto themselves and they, and they, right. You know, that's where we get some of those internalizing disorders like anxiety or depression and things like that. Because, um, you know, whereas, um, you know, we, we readily recognize aggression and anger towards other people um, when somebody is angry and aggressive towards themselves, mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes that manifests through depression, um, well, primarily depression, but also anxiety as well. Um, now, you also mentioned the third one, which is calming. Right. Um, and that there's, again, a variety of ways to do that. And, um, and, and while calming your anger is oftentimes very positive, um, you know, it's, it, it's um, you know, you're trying to, to, to pull down that anger, to, mm-hmm. to, to manage it. It's, it's sort of like you're dealing with the internal processes and you're dealing with the way that you're thinking about things. Um, we do also have to be careful that, that by calming it, that we're not... Um, uh, avoiding issues that need to be dealt with. Right. That's right. Yeah. One of the rating scales that we use is the, is the anger expression scale. And, right. and one of the things that looks on it is, is calming. And, and people often think, well, I'm really high on the calming. That's really good. <clears throat> so I'm going to score really high on all the calming. But, right. um, but the problem with, with that is that that would suggest that, you know, you're at risk for people walking all over you and that you don't stand up for yourself and that you're not assertive in the, in the way that we were talking about assertiveness in just a moment ago. Um, and, and that leads to other problems. Right. That's right. So, so our response, when we feel anger, our response is, it really depends on the event. Um, right. You know, we, there's everything from a minor irritation to a major confrontation. So the nature of the event will um, influence our response. Our basic temperament, Um, there are people who have low frustration tolerance. Parents will frequently bring children to us who have a very low frustration tolerance. But we know many adults who have a low frustration tolerance. And you you look at them and say, wow, that's that's not that big a deal. And and yet there's this big reaction. So there are people because of their basic temperament who have a low frustration tolerance. And then the third factor is, how did we learn to express our anger in our family of origin? So... So there's these three things that influence our response. Right. So, so we, we kind of started this podcast out talking about anger as a natural, normal, right. adaptive thing. Um, but, but let's realize, of course, that anger can be a good thing or, or it can be a bad thing. 
right? When, when we express our anger outwardly um, with, with little regard for who's around us and what else is going on, um, not only do we, do we run the risk of affecting things socially, um, interpersonally, um, but it's really not good for us physically either, our, our physical health. Um, That's right. We often forget that, that, that this anger response is both physiological, there, right. there, there are things that happen in our body, as well as uh, our mental health. And, and we forget that, you know, you're damaging your body, that the anger produces hormones that damage the body. I, I think that's a great point because I, I think that we forget that with everything, you know, um, remember the movie um, uh, uh, Patch Adams when they were talking about yeah. um, Hunter Adams, uh, Dr. Adams and um, the Gesundheit uh, Institute and, and all that he was doing. And he was talking yeah. about laughter and, and happiness and just bringing that joy to lives. Um, that was one of the things that he talked about um, in that, in some of his research and, lots of other people's research, um, they they've talked about these positive, um, positive effects of happiness and laughing and, and things like that. Every emotion that we have, um, it, it has a, has a cascade of chemicals that are released in our bodies that, that are a result of it, whether it's happiness or anger or sadness or anxiety or any of them, they all are manifest chemically in our body. And so, yeah, I mean, when you have an, have an emotion like anger that can make you not feel so great, um, we could sort of relate that to there's probably chemicals going on in your body that's not going to make you feel so great. Right. I think of those college students, frequently, mostly college students, some high school students, who come in and say, well, no, I have to wait until the last minute. I have to feel a lot of pressure before I can study. And I think you're putting yourself under, that's called stress. Right. And the stress response, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying is that you need to feel pressure to do your work, but that stress response also produces hormones that are going to damage your body, your right. joints, your brain, um, your lungs, your everything, your circulation. Right. Stress isn't good for you. It might, might, might get your better grade on a test, but you're, you're doing some damage to your body. So be careful. Well, and that's often why they also say, um, and then after the test, I can't remember anything else after it. I, I can't remember. I can't remember that stuff. You know, a week later, um, everything from that test, I, I've, I've totally forgotten. Yes. Yes. Why? You're right. It, you didn't store it into long term memory the way that you, you needed to. So because of the very stress that you were trying to produce so that you could do the study. Absolutely. Yeah. So 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 anger can be a bad thing. It can it can lead to not just interpersonal problems, but it can lead to physiological problems with, with our with our body, uh, mental health problems, of, of course. Um, it, it makes it difficult to think, you know, a lot of people when they're angry, they can't rationalize, they can't problem solve. And, and once all of those chemicals and all of those emotions die down, then we start to hear about regret and and remorse and and they feel bad for what they've done during the times when they were angry yeah i, I don't think anybody has ever said well i i feel much better about myself now that i've made a complete fool of myself by screaming and yelling at my kid you know um, those are the things that parents regret you know those, every parents regret every partner's regret right you know, every, every employee's regret well that was stupid so i think i think that this ex the excessive expression of anger Mm -hmm. usually results in regret right who expressed it right absolutely and, and you know but anger can also be good a good thing, good thing. right and we talked about when we've talked before about like anxiety and things like that one of the things we said is that you know stress and, and worry are physiological and psychological cues that we need to do something well right. Anger is, is a cue that we need to do something as well. Um, it, it's a cue that there's some type of problem that needs to be solved because that problem is creating that, you know, maybe that sense of injustice, that sense of wrongness that, we're that you were talking about earlier. And it, it leads to a, a recognition that, man, I need to do something to change this. Right. And I think that's the, that's the segue into what I would consider the second half of this podcast is that... And like every emotion, anger has an adaptive component. It, mm -hmm. it, it, it's informative. Our emotions are informative. Right. And anger is no exception. When you get angry, your, 
your body, your mind, yourself is trying to inform you that, that right. something's going on. And you need to listen to those prompts from your body, from your mind, that, that this, is a, this is a feeling that you need to recognize and right. you need to do something about. So yeah. there's a little bit of work to be done. Absolutely. And, you know, recognizing that, that anger is just part of who we are. Um, you know, we, we can't avoid it. It's, it's part of, it's just part of our biology. It is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As we say, it's baked into our DNA. Absolutely. You know? um, and, it, and it is because <clears throat> anger was usually a response to danger. Right. I mean, we felt, we felt a threat. I mean, that, when do we get angry? We get angry when we feel threat. Right. When we feel <clears throat> abused or taken advantage of. Or, and so anger is a signal um, that maybe there's some danger in the environment. Okay. Right. So it's, it's just part of our DNA. Right. It, 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 as we've said, you know, it, it kind of motivates us to action, motivates us to do something. Um, and, you know, it's a, um, it's a, it's a drive, you know, a lot of times when we feel angry, we feel more energy and we feel more, um, more, more of a tendency to go and move into action. That's right. Um, and the, of course the problem now though, is that whereas historically, um, that right. was a very survival based, um, issue, you know, now we have, now there are things that sort of we, we feel threaten our survival, but they're not tangible. They're, they're not, you know, a, a wild beast or something. They're not a, a, an, a, an enemy of some sort. It's just life. It's, it's the things that we see on the news that are happening, you know, thousands of miles away. Right. But we, but we get angry about it because we, connect some way that it's again you know we think about injustice that was one of the things that causes anger you know we we see these things happening things that in the past we would have never known about right Mm -hmm. um but that are happening and and here we are getting angry about them but we have absolutely no ability to do anything about it that's right if you can if you can you know just in your mind go back to a primitive culture um ten thousand years ago um we got angry in response to some real threat, right. threat from an animal or threat from the gods or threat from another person. So mm-hmm. we had this, we had this mechanism called, we, we call it anger, um, which was, which was our response to a threat. Well, that's good if it's really life threatening, but when your child gets a C on a test, it, it still triggers that primordial response in you, but it doesn't deserve that. Right. Because your, your immediate thought is the future. Um, again, uh, something very intangible, something very abstract, something uncertain. Um, right. You know, you're, you're seeing that C and you're thinking about, OK, what what does that mean for this year? What does that mean for high school graduation? What does that mean for college? What does that mean for us? We, we're creating this entire world mm-hmm. that's eliciting and, and you know, in, in many ways tries to justify this sense of anger. That we're experiencing over a letter on a piece of paper. Yeah, or one of the examples that you frequently use is you ask your child to clean his bedroom. <laughs> it's time to clean your bedroom. And, and you know, you get that sigh of disgust, like, oh, God. Right. And then the parent reacts angrily because it feels like they're being disrespected. Right. You know, but you're disrespecting me. And so, yeah, if, if, <laughs> if you're living in a cave, you know, 10,000 years ago, it might have been important for that to occur, but that's not the case now, but it produces the same emotion. It produces anger. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, when we think about situations like that, it, yeah, it does make me crazy a little bit because um, I don't like cleaning my room either. I, I don't, who does? And so if, if the kid sighs a little bit about it, who can, as long as they're going to do it, I mean, of that's course they're going to sigh. Right? Right. I, I sigh. Oh gosh, there's, there's, I got to clean my room. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't. Um, I, when I got up this morning, I had a couple of dishes in the sink. I was, oh, I gotta wash the dishes. Takes you five minutes. Right? right. It just took a couple of minutes. But you know, if if my mom was here, she'd be screaming at me because I was sighing because I was asked to clean out the you know wash the dishes. But um, it's we we have these emotional reactions, these anger based reactions. 
over things that are insignificant. And so, so we do not live, we don't live in t- tranquil time. We don't live in a danger zone. Right. Most of us don't live in a danger zone. We don't live in a danger zone, yet we are constantly bombarded with these threats. Right. And, what and we feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's still going to produce the same response. I mean, that's just the way we're built. Right. Um, it's not, you know, you tell your son to turn off his video game and go to bed, and he's oh, you know, he starts to grumble and mumble, and if and you you start to feel like you're being challenged. Okay. Well, when you're being challenged, you get aroused, and part of that arousal is anger. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So. And let's be honest. Sometimes people, other people, have the goal of making you angry. And so when you, when you show that anger, it's like, okay, that's pretty good. Um, I'll do that again. I can push that button whenever I want. That's right. So, so when we think about some of these sort of uh, non-specific abstract intangible things that make us angry, um, you know, we don't live in tranquil times. Um, Gallup who does these, you know, big uh, surveys and, and polls and stuff. Uh, they, they wrote in, in 2020, the world was a sadder, angrier and more worried and more stressed out place than it has been any time in the past 15 years. So just about since the turn of the century, 2020 was one of the um, most uh, one of the one of the years with the most anger, most sadness and most worry um, and that it, that should make sense in part because of the pandemic and everything. But you know, when you think about everything, how, how angry do people get because they, the grocery store is out of toilet paper? Right. Oh, I mean, we got about toilet paper. Yes. People get angry about that. It's like, well, yeah. What is anger going to do for you with that? No, it, it, it's really true. Uh, you know, I, I forgot about the turn of the century. Remember, we thought the world was going to come to an end. Right. On, on 2000. And then we had 2001, you know, right. we had 9 11. And, um, and now we have the pandemic. So, yeah, there, there's been this um, this movement, this this um, this movement to anger and fr- and people are just angry. I mean, I've had relatives come up to me and say, "Hey, my dad's really, you know, the, her dad's a little bit older now. He's probably in his seventies or eighties, and she said he's really getting angry. You know, that sort of that curmudgeon, the old right. curmudgeon. But um, and she offered several explanations for it. But even family members are, are concerned about this undercurrent of anger that they're seeing. And we see it all the time. Right. You know, all these shootings and um, the gang, the gang violence, you know, mm-hmm. not, not the mass shootings, but the gang violence that we see. Um, and so that we just seem to be living in angrier times at the war in Ukraine. I mean, it's right. pretty. So we have things. So we get irritated by waiting in line in a grocery store. Right. You know, um, they have these self-checkout things now. You know, they have kiosks at uh, fast food restaurants and self-checkouts at uh, retail stores. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I guess it's going to take some getting used to. I, I won't use a kiosk if, if I have to use it. I'll leave and go someplace where I don't have to use it. But I don't know. There's something that rankles me about that stuff. I get angry when I see you know when I see a kiosk. Right? It produces anger in me. So, so and same with self checkout. I said, wait a minute. It's like pumping your own gas. Um, and so you still pump your own gas though, right? Oh, don't have a choice unless you go. There's one place you can go. That they will, where was it? Don't tell me. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to know where if there's a full service gas station. There's a full service. They actually will go. You know, they go back to 1955 and treat you like a customer. So instead of part time employee, so so you, have, you you go to these lines and you have to wait in line. Okay, or road bad drivers. You know, yeah. people who drive who are inconsiderate, or what our kids do do to us, right. our children, our partners, our bosses. The, all those people are sources of anger. And then, of course, we have the old mask thing, you know, where you got tired of wearing your mask. Um, but there's also this constant barrage of what, what we call news programs. And I don't, I don't care which side of the aisle you want to be on. Right. But these news programs that are meant to stoke your anger. Right. I mean, there's no other word for it. They want to keep you. The goal of TV is to keep you in front of the screen. Right. It's like the goal of video games, the goal of social media. Well, the goal of TV, what advertisers want is to keep that audience glued to TV. And so 
we have found ways to keep the audience glued. Right. And one of the ways is to elicit anger in the viewer. You'll, you'll right. go back over and over and over again. And I, and I think that that's a, it's such an interesting phenomenon because we, I don't think we, I don't think most people think about it this way, but we, we always want to feel something. We always yeah. want to feel some emotion. Feel alive, um, right. Sometimes we want to feel happiness. And so we watch things that make us laugh and we watch things that we enjoy. Uh, but some, sometimes when we can't find that or when we just aren't in the mood for that, mm-hmm. we look for things that make us angry, things right. that make it, things that elicit a visceral, um, intense emotional response to something. Um, I, I was talking to a patient one day and we were talking about crying. And um, I said, believe it was a kid. And I said, believe it or not, his mom was sitting next to him. I said, believe it or not, there, there'll be a time when you when you grow up where you're going to watch a movie just because it makes you sad. <laughs> and he's like, right. I, I can't believe that. I, mm-hmm. I, I would never. Even I said, ask mom. We His do mother it believes it. And she's like, we do. I <laughs> and, and because right. we just want right. to feel something. And sometimes there's a particular emotion that we're looking for. But right. many people, you know, they're just so unhappy with so much in their life right now that they that they are just drawn to this sense of anger and they just look for opportunities and look for sources to, to stoke that anger. Right. Right. And that's, that's getting us to this next step. Right. Is it? So the problems begin when, when it comes to anger, because I think now we've, we've made the point that anger is adaptive, necessary, ubiquitous. We all get angry, but we, we get angry for, for good reasons, but we are obligated to manage it. The problem the problems begin to emerge when anger takes control of us. Right. That's what we have to be careful of because that's when we get aggression. Uh, APA did a, the American Psychological Association has done studies and they report that 90% of aggressive incidents are preceded by this feeling of anger. Well, and, and you know, and you see that people are like, well, of course, why, why not? Why wouldn't it? But, but think about what that means. <laughs> it's like, what that means is, all these things that you do and, and all these ways that you experience anger, your, your risk of a, an aggressive behavior is significantly increased. You're, you're, not going to, you're not going to become angry after watching a comedy. You're going to become angry after watching, um, you, know, you know, three hours of a news program that's just talking about the things that really uh, tick you off. That really um, make you angry. Yeah. That are meant to make you angry. Right. Because so, anger motivates you to action. Absolutely. Absolutely. As we've said already. So, right. so yeah, it, it's, it makes sense that, you know, when we allow the anger to take control, or in other words, when we lose control of our anger, um, we are at significant risk for acting out in ways that cause problems. That's right. That's right. And so there's this, there's this Chinese proverb that goes something like, if you're patient, in one moment of anger, you'll avoid, you will escape a hundred days of sorrow, right? We all know what that means, but that's easier said than done. Sure. The, the idea of, of being patient in this moment of anger is a very difficult, is for many of us, a very difficult thing to achieve. Mm-hmm. I've been working on it for 40 years. Um, that, that moment that trying to develop patience in that one moment of anger. Right. So I, I'm the first to acknowledge it's much easier said than done. Yeah. So there's this article that was um, that appeared in Psychological Today by Monica Romani. She's a clinical psychologist in uh, Toronto, Canada. And the title of it is Understanding and Processing Anger. And she gives us a little, a, a, sort of a nice shorthand way of, um, of, of managing our anger, of, of getting to this moment of patience. Right. And, and one of the big points there is that, you know, anger shows tends to show up when we feel like we need to defend ourselves. And so if right. we think about, you know, what the things that we said earlier about, you know, anger shows up when we feel our, that we're in danger or when we feel an injustice or something like that. Um, OK. In, in other words, we're become angry because we need to defend ourselves because we right. feel as though we've been done wrong or that or somebody's harming us or something like that. Right. The problem, as she points out, is that acting on that, mm-hmm. either acting out or, or holding it in, sort of um, expressing right. it or suppressing it, as we talked about earlier, neither of those really satisfies that problem. 
That's right. And that's, that's the essential problem here is that we tend to get angry when we feel that we need to defend ourselves. And yet the typical expression of anger, you either express it or you hold it in, doesn't satisfy that need. Right. Okay. And so what she says, and she even has a word for it, she says that anger, the problem here is that anger obscures our true feelings. Right. And she calls anger a blanket emotion because it covers, it obscures, it hides our true feelings. And as you might imagine, her goal is to get us to identify what the real feelings are. Right. So, so let's, just as a, a very quick example, um, if, somebody, if somebody pulls out in front of us while we're driving right. and, and we experience road rage, right, anger, right? Well, what is the real emotion? Well, the real emotion there is, is fear. You thought you were going to get into a car accident. You, you right. thought, and, and so you're, 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 you're afraid you're, you're, because you could have been injured. You could have, you know, had, uh, you know, lots, in the very least, lots of car repair um, payments. Um, you're also um, frustrated, you know, that somebody would be, um, but you, there's all these other emotions but we express it just through anger because, as she said, you know, anger is this blanket emotion that goes over everything. And so we don't pay attention to the fear or to, the, to these other things that we may be feeling at the same time. Right. I think that I think that road rage is probably one of the easiest ways to understand this concept uh, that she's trying to propose, because you're absolutely right. Your initial response is really a fear response. Right. I mean, the, the, the first thing that happens is fear. Right. Then you get to anger with the person who did that. Right. Then the next step. So, but, but what you're most aware of is anger. Right. With the person. And so you, you express your anger and we know how people express road rage. Right. Usually it's digital or, you know, um, but we express our anger at the other person. Right. Um, But that's not, where we should be. What she's saying is we should, we should go back to the original response mm-hmm. and deal with that, which is fear. Right. And that example, yeah. That's right. Because the anger, that's the blanket emotion. That's what she means by a blanket emotion. The anger covers up how we really feel. You know, right. I had kids in the backseat and they could have been hurt. That's what, that's what, um, that's what scared me. Right. And absolutely. And, and so, you know, she kind of creates this mental image of, you know, all of these different emotions kind of get dropped into like a funnel. And at the bottom of the funnel, it just comes out as anger. That's right. No matter what we're initially feeling. Right. She said it, it it all gets dumped into this, this funnel and and it comes out as anger, but that's not what we should be dealing with. Right. And so she suggests that we sort of lift the blanket sticking with the metaphor and, and, and look for those true feelings that we're really experiencing. And if we did that, then we would see that, you know, okay, what I'm really dealing with is fear. You know, man, that really frightened me because I thought that the person was going to hit us. And I thought we were going to, you know, we could have gotten really seriously injured. Right. Um, that, that, that processes the issue and the, the situation very differently than just saying, Oh, that guy, you know, he, I can't believe he did that. Right. Um, or I'm, I'm angry. You know, my, the emotion I'm dealing with now is anger. Right. When the real emotion is some somewhere else. It's something else. And um, and so what she has us do, what she does in her act, her, her approach with anger is that she'll have a person practice going through this. OK, mm-hmm. um, that you can do it. You, you can learn how to manage your anger by practicing scenarios that you come up with in your head. You say, OK, recall a time when you got angry. OK. And so. Um, <clears throat> remember then, so you recall, then the next step is to remember that angry is secondary. I love the approach. Yeah. I love this idea because people will come to us and say, well, I'm angry or I'm upset or I feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And inevitably I want to say to them, was it, what is it about you mm-hmm. that makes you feel this way? Right. Well, no, don't let's not talk about the other person. Let's dig deeper into you. Let's get to the core of who you are. Right. So that we understand this better. It doesn't matter what the other person did. 
Right. What is it about you? And it's difficult for us to, to go, go into ourselves, to dig into ourselves at that depth, because you're admitting things about yourself that often are very difficult to admit. Absolutely. And another way to, to think about it and another way that I, I use with patients is, um, you know, I guess we'll stick with the road rage um, example, but, you know, they'll say, oh, well, it just it just really made me so angry. Yeah. And, and you say, you know, why did it make you angry? Well, he, you know, I had kids in the car and they could have if they would have he almost made me run off the road and I could have gone into an accident. OK, well, is that anger or is that fear? Is that is that anger or is that can you think of another emotion that you were probably feeling at the same time because you were concerned that this could have happened? And, and we can use that because oftentimes when we think about why are you angry? That's going to start breaking it down to, okay, now I have to look at the real trigger for this anger. Right. And mm -hmm. when I look at the trigger, then I can start to understand a little bit more about, you know, what the core emotion was. That's right. And it, and it speaks to that issue of, she made me angry, so I had to write her, okay? Um, mm -hmm. I had a, one of the first, year, in the beginning of my career, I was probably my second or third year of practice, and this 16-year-old boy came in with his mother, and he had hit her, he had assaulted his mother, and the two of them were sitting there, and he said, well, she made me angry, I had to hit her. And I, I was stunned because this 16-year-old right. boy is saying, well, she made me angry. So he justified hitting his mother, physically assaulting her. She made me angry. Um, at that moment, we got to talk about not what your mother did. Right. It doesn't matter what she did. We have to talk about you. What, mm -hmm. what is it about you that you take this aggressive approach right. when you have these feelings? And, the, and it begins with what is the real feeling? Right. Because he wasn't, he wasn't identifying his real feeling, right? And he was justifying his his maladaptive behavior by putting it on somebody else. I said, no, 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 that's not her. This is about you, right? And, and, and this approach, and as we, you know, another link in the show notes is to this APA uh, article about controlling anger. Um, what we're talking a lot of here is a, a particular strategy called cognitive restructuring. It, right. It's sort of taking the situation and just sort of processing it differently cognitively so that you can um, you can break it down and you can sort of picture it and process it differently. Um, in, there, there are a variety of ways to manage anger and, and cognitive restructuring is one way. Right. It's often difficult for people who aren't accustomed to it. It's, it's difficult for them to do on their own at the beginning. And that's why we work through it, you know, therapeutically. Mm -hmm. um, but once you kind of get the hang, hang of it, um, you can do it on your own anytime. And you can do it with other emotions as well. Um, yeah, it's, a, but, it's a skill that you learn about and you practice it and you get better. And it's something you can, as you say, you do it on your own. Yeah. So when we talk about uh, this blanket, the anger is a blanket emotion. We want to, we want to uncover our true emotion. And then the next step is how do you, so the third step in her approach, she says, recall when you were angry, remember that it's secondary, anger is secondary, it's a blanket emotion. What are you really feeling? And then the third step is, what else could you have done? And we do that all the time with children who, who express um, anger uh, as rage attacks, okay? Or they become physically aggressive and we say, okay, what else could you have done? Right. Okay? And that's what we wanna do with ourselves is think about times when you were angry and then get yourself to a point where what else could I have done? And then you give yourself an opportunity to react in a more adaptive way. Right. So there are, in this last article, there are several ways, six or seven ways of managing your anger. Mm -hmm. One is relaxation. We all know about that deep breathing. You know, what you're doing is you're bringing your body, you're, you're aroused physiologically and you're, you're reducing your arousal so you can think more clearly. And the second is cognitive restructuring, which you've already talked about. Yeah. We're, we're going to give you, you, you get the third one because right. that's how you manage your anger. Right. Through, through problem solving. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, I, cause again, if we think about anger as a cue that there's some, something that needs to, some issue, some problem that needs to be um, resolved, 
then we can step back and we can work through it. Again, it's partially cognitive restructuring because you're thinking, okay, why did, why is this making me feel this way? Mm-hmm. Um, where is the miscommunication? Uh, you know, this work, problem solving works, especially with, um, with interpersonal issues mm-hmm. because you, uh, you know, you're in a, you're, you're talking to your spouse or your partner and, um, you know, it's getting to a point where you're really not communicating or you're not, um, things aren't going well in the, in the discussion and you start getting frustrated and you start getting angry. And a lot of times people will just continue down that path of anger mm-hmm. when, you know, if we, if we pause for just a second and say, man, clearly there is something going on because what I'm trying to communicate, my partner is not getting it. And okay. So step back and, and say, you know what, I'm starting to get really frustrated because I'm not, I'm not understanding Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, what, what I'm saying that's different or what I'm saying that you're that's not coming across the way that I'm intending because we're not hearing each other. Right. And, and so let's step back. Well, OK, so what is the problem? Mm-hmm. Right. Why is that problem there? And then how do we resolve that problem? And so we, we work mm-hmm. through that problem, that, that simple problem solving strategy. And, and many times that helps. But the challenge with that is it requires and I'm going to throw out a uh, another uh, trigger word for some people. It requires vulnerability. Right. You have to be willing to say, "Man, I'm really trying, but I'm not doing a very good job of explaining myself right now." Right. And you know, can you can you help me understand where the, the the miscommunication is, or can we pause for just a second so we can figure this out? Because I really don't want to keep getting. I don't want to be angry because right. that's not going to help us solve these issues. Right. And so with problem solving, you. Sometimes you problem solve and it's just you're alone, you know, something you're you're putting together a piece, you know, it's uh, late on Christmas Eve and you're putting together a bicycle and you're getting angry because the directions don't make or Ikea furniture, you know, the directions don't make any sense. And you're convinced that they've forgotten to include one of the pieces because you just can't figure out how this goes together. You forgot that you missed that little image in the top corner that says that you're supposed to flip it over. (laughs) I didn't know it was to flip it over. Right. And so rather than getting angry, because then your your abilities are going to decline because you're angry and you're aroused. So when you get aroused, you you blood gets shunted from your brain and you sort of get stupid. Okay, because you don't have enough fuel in your brain. That's what anger does to you. And so you get angry. But you're but you're also when you're trying to solve a problem with another person whether yeah. it's a coworker or a boss, but typically it's a partner and yeah. many times it's a child or a sibling and you're trying to solve a problem that requires a kind of communication right. that, that most of us aren't good at. Right. Especially when we get angry. Right. Right. And we tend to use words like we, well, first of all, we tend to blame others. I'm angry because of what you did. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, you assign blame. And then we begin using words like you always, you never, okay? And we begin to use words that carry an impact that right. we may or may not really mean. Certainly right. it's going to get in the way of, the, of solving the problem. Absolutely. And so that's why, you know, again, a, a strategy for managing anger is to, com- is to step back and try to get the, back to that base communication. Man, I'm really not saying things the way that I'm meaning to say them. Um, yeah, just not getting it across. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and this is a place where, you know, uh, another strategy like humor can come in. Right. And you can, right. and you can say, man, I don't know what's going on. I'm really getting upset. I'm really getting angry, but I, and I, and I'm just saying stupid stuff. I, right. I don't even know what I'm saying because it's just, it's just coming out of me and, and, you know, turning, turning it into some humor. There's a song that says, you know, sometimes when we fight, I like to make you laugh. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's part of it is because, you're just trying to create some humor just to lift it a little bit. Cause remember all of those emotions elicit chemicals in our body. And so you can't have the anger chemicals and the humor chemicals at the same time. And so it if you humor, it's going to pull you out of some of that anger uh, state. That's right. And the other thing about humor is <clears throat> don't take yourself so seriously. Right. Okay, what, <clears throat> why should things always go your way? Right. Right. Why are you the only person to, no, just ease up, okay? Chill, chill, you know, develop a sense of humor about yourself, you know, come on. 
I'm taking myself a little too seriously right now. Yeah, I'm feeling like I'm a little bit too important. Um, <laughs> another, a couple of other ways to 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 deal with anger is is changing your environment. You know, certainly if you're my goodness, if it's if it's um, midnight on, on, on Christmas Eve and you're putting that, that bike together and you're getting frustrated, um, walk away from it. You know, just put it down and and uh, come back to it in a little bit or, or come back to it the next morning or right. um, leave it and say, you know, hey, I guess this is a this is a do it yourself project that was left by by old uh, Chris Kringle. And um, we're going to have to put it together together. Um, part of the the gift is he wants us to spend some time together you know but but again that brings in some humor that changes your environment um it it, it changes what's going on time-wise because you 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 know sometimes anger is elicited because we feel like we're under timing pressure or under the pressure of doing something right now and so sometimes avoiding that those kinds of issues um can help it can help resolve anger yeah, I tell kids all the time when they start to feel themselves getting angry or parents or children, go to another room, just to move to another room. Doesn't have to be a bedroom. It, can, it doesn't matter. There's something in this environment that's producing these emotions. So change the environment. Yeah. And go someplace else. And while you're there, you're not going to be stimulated by whatever's going on in that environment. It might be another person. It might be the bright lights are too bright. The sound, the TV's on too loud. So move to another location mm-hmm. and frequently that will help you calm, yeah. calm back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I guess the last one that I'll mention is, is just anticipatory. Right. Um, there are lots of times when you, when you just know you're going to get angry, it's like, you know, that particular coworker um, driving on I-4 mm-hmm. um, on the interstate, there's certain areas around here that you know <laughs> that you're going to get stuck in traffic for for no reason, absolutely no reason at all. It makes absolutely no sense to me, but you know, it's going to make you angry. So prepare for that, you know, right. listen to music that you, that you, that keeps you calm, you know, talk to somebody on the, you know, Bluetooth and stuff, but talk to somebody on the phone that, you know, is going to help keep you calm. Um, you know, it, just do something in anticipation for those times that you're likely to get angry to, mm-hmm. to minimize and to decrease the, the, the likelihood. Um, you mentioned I-4. One of the recurring discussions in my family is the drive to the Tampa airport. Yeah. Because that's a drive that can take 45 minutes or two hours. Right. And you never know. So if you're going to, if you have a plane to catch, then yeah. you better leave yourself the maximum. You better figure it could take me two hours or more to get to the airport. And I would rather wait in the airport than on my car on I-4. Right. Because then waiting in the airport doesn't produce any emotions. I can read a magazine. I can shop. I can look around. I can talk to people, but I can stay calm, stay relaxed. If I'm in my car on I-4, I'm going to get aroused and probably angry at the stupid drivers who are causing the delay. Right. Not there. Yeah. So avoid if you can. Absolutely. So. And then there are three other little things. Yeah. Little tips. One is timing. Um. You said earlier, don't don't have these discussions late at night. Okay, if you're tired and you tend to um, be a little more emotional, and and then don't don't try to have a discussion at night. There are other people who don't want to have a discussion in the morning. I'm not a morning person. They'll tell you, and so I don't want to do this in the morning. Okay, so timing is very important. Mm-hmm. Avoidance is very important. Um, we talked earlier about clean your room. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes it's better just to close the door. If, if that room bothers you that much, then close the door so that you're not triggered by that messy room. It'll get, you'll clean it eventually. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, close the door. Avoid the thing that's causing the reaction. And then the third thing is uh, finding alternatives. Um, if you, if you um, are, are bothered by this drive, you used to drive every day, didn't you? Mm-hmm. To, to, to the um, to USF. Mm-hmm. And you always had to do it in rush hour. Right. You had to go morning rush hour and nighttime rush hour, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so, there, so you have to, you know that it's going to happen. So you find some alternative, either an alternative route. There's a back road somewhere. I've never, right. I've only taken it a couple of times, but some people will take that back road. And it's a more pleasant drive. It's not, it may not be faster, but it's a more pleasant drive. Right. So you find an alternative to the thing that bothers you. 
Right. Absolutely. So there's a variety of ways for dealing with our anger. And so as we kind of pull all this together, you know, right, we need to recognize that we, we, we all have anger. Um, right. Everybody experiences anger. So th- there's it should never be the goal to not get angry because that's a, a futile yeah. uh, goal. Yeah. Um, because anger is an adaptive evolutionary response to things. And, and so um, it happens today uh, because of so many things that are going on in our life. And oftentimes because of the way that we are raised, um, anger has become this blanket emotion that is used in, in so many circumstances that it absolutely has no reason to, to, to exist. Um, but we just readily go to it. And so it be- has become this blanket emotion. Right. And, yeah. and then finally, you know, recognizing that we get angry, um, let's find some ways to manage it. Um, you know, we, we listed a, a, a several different strategies there. Um, but again, one of the best is just to sit back and try to figure out what the real emotion is and, right. and, and deal, with, um, deal with that emotion instead of anger. That's right. Now we're, we're going to include in the show notes, we're going to in, include one of the articles that has these various strategies. Okay. And if you're struggling with anger and most of us do, um, or if you're struggling with somebody else who's got anger issues, okay. Um, you can read these things. On the other hand, if, if that isn't sufficient, you can meet with a therapist who can do, and, and a therapist is essentially going to do two things. They're going to, um, they're going to give you strategies to use, but the therapist should also help you understand yourself better mm-hmm. to know why you're having this experience or at least why you're expressing your anger the way you do. So right. it should be a two-part process. It right. should be, these are the techniques, but let's talk about why you're reacting the way you are. Let's, let's get, understand that anger is a blanket emotion and we need to get to these real feelings and that's where you're going to get some some real substantial long-term help so it's always a two-part process absolutely absolutely so all right well check out those articles in the show notes and get that additional help if if needed so well i I think that's it for today until next time stay happy stay healthy and forget to be afraid